evening, good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on where you are. This is Rosemary Downer coming to you from All Things Faithful. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me for another episode of All Things Faithful. And today we are going to talk about a topic that should relate to all of us. But before I get into it, I want to invite you to subscribe, follow, share, comment, ask questions. I'd love to interact with you um, on this topic that I'm covering or any other topic that I cover. You can find me anywhere by the handle Books by Rosemary. Website is booksbyrosemary.com. Um, Facebook and Instagram is Books by Rosemary or Books by Rosemary Downer. So the topic today that we're talking about is the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. As believers in Jesus Christ, we must know that the Holy Spirit lives in all of us. I do believe that there's a presence of the Holy Spirit that we get, an abiding presence of the Holy Spirit that we get when we come to Jesus Christ. And then there's an additional experience that we have of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So today I want to talk about how we refer to the Holy Spirit. Is it a person? Is he a person? or a thing. So we're going to talk about the person, the identity of the Holy Spirit. Some of us say Holy Spirit. I tend to say that without putting the the on it because the makes it sound as if it's, he's an object. And you will see very quickly that Holy Spirit is not an object. He is indeed a person. So is the Holy Spirit God? That's the first question I want to put out. Is the Holy Spirit God? For most Christian denominations, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. Now, I'm not going to get into um, a debate as whether we whether we believe in the Trinity or not. Um, the Trinity is said to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We'll leave it at that. Um, that's not a question of whether we believe in the Trinity or not. But for most of us, including me, believe that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Actually, let me take that back. Third, second, or first, he's a part of the Trinity. So I don't necessarily pin him down to the third person, but he is a part of the Trinity. Along with God the Father and God the Son, so God is God himself, the Father, and God is also the Son. Jesus is God and God is Jesus. God the Spirit is a member of the Godhead of the Trinity. And it's often said the third member of the Godhead or the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is personal and fully God. We must understand that the Holy Spirit is fully God. God the Spirit, God the Son, God himself, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fully God. The Holy Spirit is co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son. So he is a fundamental part of the Trinity, the three in one. And I often tell people, don't try to sort out the Trinity, the Trinity because you'll get an aneurysm. Basically, this is beyond our understanding. God is Jesus, yet he's not. God is the Holy Spirit, yet he is not. You see in scripture where God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all in one are the same. And then you see other scriptures where they are separate. And I'll share some of those scriptures. So continue with the question, 
is the Holy Spirit God. The Holy Spirit is indeed God himself. This is why we should always refer to the Holy Spirit as he and not as an impersonal it. <laughs> we should never refer to the Holy Spirit as it. It is just as wrong to refer to a baby, a newborn as it. People often do that. The baby is a person. So Holy Spirit is a person. We should not refer to him as it. The Holy Spirit is all powerful and all knowing and he loves us with an everlasting love, just like God loves us. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a person who has been present with the Father and the Son since before time began. We must note that the Spirit of God was present at and involved in creation. The Spirit of God was present at creation and the Spirit of God was involved in creation. Genesis 1 verse 2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. What was hovering over the waters? The Spirit of God. Now the earth was formless and empty. A lot of what we see now, none of what we see now was created. It was empty. It was without form. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. There was no daytime. There was no moon. There was no sun. But yet the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Psalm 33 verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth, his spirit. By the breath of his mouth, that's his spirit. And by that were the heavens made. And the word of the Lord came forth by the breath of his mouth to, to, to perform those creations. The Holy Spirit moved the prophets of God in old times with the words of God. And they wrote accordingly. Second Peter 1, 21. That's way back. The Holy Spirit moved the prophets of God with the words of God. So the Holy Spirit is entangled up with God. When he speaks, that's his spirit operating. The bodies of those in Christ are described as temples of God. Our bodies are described as temples of God. Believers in Jesus Christ, our bodies are temples of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in us. That's found in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. So we are temples of God. And this is so because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Basically, we can say because God, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So yes, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, let's also look at Acts 5. When Ananias lied <clears throat> about the price him and his wife paid for the property, that they sold and was to bring the proceeds to the church, Peter said that Satan had filled Ananias' heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Acts 5 verse 3. And then he goes on to say and concluded by saying that Ananias had lied to God. So if Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit in verse 3, and then in verse five, he says, Ananias lied to God. Lying to God is the same as lying to the Holy Spirit. And lying to the Holy Spirit is the same as lying to God because the Holy Spirit is God and God is the Holy Spirit. Peter reveals that the Holy Spirit is God. 
He does that in some of his exhortations um, in Acts, and we see it here in Acts verse five, chapter five. Lying to the Holy Spirit is lying to God. All three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are God while being distinct from each other within the Trinity. And this is why I say this mystery is beyond us. It's a hidden truth that we will fully understand on the other side of life. So I don't give myself a headache trying to decipher, trying to find what the Lord has intentionally hidden from me. He hasn't fully explained the Trinity. How can he be one and then separate at times? It, but you're one. It's a mystery. And I think we conclude, we confuse the matter by trying to sort through something that the Lord has not revealed and has not provided scripture to fully explain. The three members of the Trinity show up together, yet distinct at Jesus' baptism. So this is one scripture I want to show us where they were distinct, but they were together. And this is where it gets mysterious. As Jesus came up from the water when he was baptized, the spirit descended on him like a dove, while the voice of the father is heard from heaven saying, that he is pleased with his beloved son. So you see the spirit descending on him, the Holy Spirit. And then you hear the voice from of the father, God, coming from heaven, announcing Jesus as his son. Three distinct entities. Now, let's look at, um, let's look at, uh, keep going. Some people have no problem seeing God as a person or seeing Jesus as a person, but they cannot see the Holy Spirit as a person. The Holy Spirit as a person does not mean he is human being. If we say the Holy Spirit is a person, we're not saying he's a human being. He has a physical body like you and me. No, he does not have a physical body like you and me. God does not have a physical body like you and me. Neither does the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God and God is the Holy Spirit. What we mean when we say the Holy Spirit is a person is he has a mind and he has personality. That may shock some people. God, the Holy Spirit has a mind and he has personality. God has a mind and God has personality. God is a person. God loves, God, God has emotions. <laughs> he gets angry. He loves, he hates, he gets jealous. Yeah, yeah. So Holy Spirit has a mind and Holy Spirit has a personality and so does God. So what I want to do to show the person of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about 15 characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do this in three episodes, five in each episode. And for the, the episodes two and three, I will go over the introduction I just did a bit quicker and then go into the five characteristics that I will cover so I'll read the 15 character characteristics real quick, and then I will deal with the first five, end of the session, and then do two more sessions addressing the remaining five and the other five in them. First of all, the Holy Spirit has a mind. We just said that. Second, he has a will. Third, he leads. Fourth, he teaches. Five, he convicts. Six, he guides. Seven, he strengthens and encourages. Eight, 
He helps believers in their weaknesses. Nine, he intercedes for believers. 10, he testifies. 11, he restrains. 12, he can be lied to. 13, he can be resisted. 14, he can be blasphemed. And 15, he can be vexed and grieved. This does not sound like an inanimate object that we, sh we should be calling it. If this person, this entity has all these characteristics, it's clear that he is a person. So now let's look a little deeper in these five. The first one is he has a mind. Romans 8 verse 27 says, and the father who knows all hearts knows what the spirit is saying for the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And the father who knows all hearts, God the father, knows our hearts. He knows what we are thinking. He knows what we want. He knows where we're going before we go there. He knows what we're going to say without we, we are saying it. If we don't confess what's in our heart, he already knows it. This is why it makes no sense to hide things from God. I never understood it. Embarrassed to say things to God. It, it, it makes no sense because he already knows. So God the Father knows all hearts. And he knows what the Holy Spirit is saying because they are one. The Holy Spirit can't say anything without him. He knows what the Holy Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for unbelievers. The Spirit intercedes, pleads for unbelievers in harmony with God's own will. So they work together. They work together. The Holy Spirit has an intention a mind, a, a determination, an aim, a purpose. He pleads in harmony, in cooperation, in collaboration with God's own will, according to the will of the Father. He pleads for unbelievers. So that's first, Holy Spirit has a mind. He's not mindless. He's not aimless. He's not random. He's purposeful. He's intentional. He works in coordination with God himself because one is the other. Is not in objection to or um, in conflict with God. No, he's not. Okay, point number two. The Holy Spirit has a will. It's, your will is like your desire, what you intend for. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. And it reads... A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same, same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown tongues or languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts, he alone decides which gift each person should have. 
So he has a will. He has a desire. He alone desires and decides and distributes the gifts according to how he sees fit. He has a will. This is a person. This is not an object. This is not an inanimate thing. It's individuals. It's people who make decisions. It's people who have a mind to, to work in partnership with an entity for a purpose. It's a person who has a desire and an intention. And we see here two things. He has a mind and he has a will. Number three, the Holy Spirit leads. And I personally am so grateful that he leads. Where he leads me, I will follow. Amen. He leads, he directs, he guides, he navigates through life. Galatians 5, 16 to 18 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Thanks be to God he leads. Because I don't know where I would be today if he didn't lead. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. So he leads us away from the desires of the flesh. It's up to us to follow him. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what sinful nature desires. He leads. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intention. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. The Holy Spirit leads. Amen. And I thank him today that he leads. I thank him today that he leads me away from danger. I thank him today that he leads me away from the traps that the enemy sets for my life. And he does the same for you. He leads me away from poor, sinful appetite. He leads me away from profanity. He leads me away from activities that will take me down the wrong path. He leads me to life. He leads me to still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me. Hallelujah. He's my shepherd and he leads. The Holy Spirit leads. So he has a mind, he has a will, and he leads. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Number four, the Holy Spirit teaches. I'm a living testimony. The, and many of you are, the Holy Spirit teaches. I have actually asked the Holy Spirit to be my mentor. I've asked him to be my teacher on, on specific issues that I need to do in ministry. And I don't have a mentor. I don't have someone to show me how. I have asked him to be my teacher in these specific areas. So John 14, 26 says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, the Father sends the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, as the as Jesus. He fills the, the, the void that Jesus left when he ascended back to his Father. So the Holy Spirit came as Jesus' representative. Remember, Jesus was the, the mentor, the teacher for the disciples. He answered their questions. He was their role model. The Holy Spirit came as a representative of Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. 
This is Jesus talking. So the Holy Spirit will remind us of what the word of God says. He told the disciples that the Holy Spirit will remind them of what he had told them. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit teaches. I, 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 I can tell you now that sometimes I'm teaching and I get a question that I've never gotten before, never thought about before, and right there standing on my feet in a whim, I can answer the question. Because the Holy Spirit put it in my mouth. He gave me the answer, gave me the download right there in the moment, in real time. He teaches. I need that information again. I have it. He taught it to me. I didn't do the research. I didn't labor over it. He gave it to me in the moment. The Holy Spirit teaches. And I know you have uh, examples. I know you have experiences in which the Holy Spirit has taught you. And as a matter of fact, share that. Put it in the comments. Tell us of a time, some moments where the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit has been your teacher. The Holy Spirit teaches. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's my companion. He's my guide. He's my friend. He's my teacher. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord for Holy Spirit, who came in your place, Jesus, to minister to me, to minister to us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit being my teacher. Last one for this episode, the Holy Spirit convicts. So by convict, I mean to bring wrong things that we have done to our, to our attention. Now, the word is not condemned. The word is convict because Romans 8 one tells us that there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. The Holy Spirit convicts, not condemn, taps you on your shoulder and reminds you that you are, were out of line. And then you feel the pressing impression to make it right. That's conviction. Condemnation, condemnation comes with shame and guilt and make you feel worse. Conviction comes with the impression to fix it because you know better. James 6, 16, I'm sorry, John 16 verses 5 to 8 says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, Jesus is speaking, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you're grieved because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you, not it. I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So all through this verse and several other scriptures, you see Holy Spirit referred to as he. Now, it is not our job to convict people. It is not our job, let alone to condemn people. It is the Holy Spirit's job to do the conviction. Teach the word, preach the word, admonish with the word, and let the Holy Spirit do the job. Do your part. Be his mouthpiece and let the Holy Spirit deal with the heart. So we've looked at Five things about the Holy Spirit. One, he has a mind. Two, he has a will. Three, he leads. Four, he teaches. Five, 
he convicts. He does not condemn, he convicts. So there you have it. Five things first, talking about the Holy Spirit, five characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And next week, we will talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit guides, he strengthens and encourages, he helps believers in their weaknesses, he intercedes for believers, and he testifies. So thank you for joining me on another episode of All Things Faith Walk. I am so glad you're here with me. I pray that you will share this, forward it to someone, make a comment, share with me how you have experienced the Holy Spirit in any of these five things that we talked about today. And if you have not subscribed, please do so at info at, I'm sorry, booksbyrosemary.com. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook as well. Uh, you can go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. I encourage you to do that. So I'm also going to put a link, a um, cue card in the description of the video to give you more detail about some materials that I have and the link that you can follow. So the Lord bless you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, share, and subscribe. God bless. Until next time.